Turn to Luke 18. If you didn't bring your Bible this morning, there's a pew, one in the pew rack in front of you, I think. 18th chapter of Luke, there's a parable that Jesus tells that I want us to look at this morning. Luke chapter 18. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. When I began to look at this uh, parable, I was looking in a commentary, of course, people who know the language and know culture and history and help us get insight into those kind of things. He said, uh, this is a prayer about, uh, a parable about importunity in prayer. Well, I said, that certainly sounds good, but I had to reach for my dictionary to pull it down and look, see what Webster had to say about importunity. Does anybody have importunity in your vocabulary, do you just use that day after day? Do you, you know the definition of importunity? Importunity says to make a request even to the point of being aggravating, of annoying somebody. Importunity. Well, I guess Jesus knew exactly how prone the human heart is to pain when it can't have what it thinks it needs right now. Now, there are some things that this parable is not. Some things this parable is not. One of the things it is not, it is not a suggestion that you and I can come before God and pray a certain number of times and we're going to get what we want. Or that we could come before God and if our petitions last long enough to annoy Him, then He'll surrender and give us what we want. Jesus said this in Matthew 6, Don't pray like the Gentiles. They think for their many words they will be heard. Now, we can be assured that our prayers are going to be answered but we need to remember that they're answered in God's time not our time he knows things about the way things happen that we don't have any idea about we need to be patient now there's another thing that this parable is not it is not a suggestion that God is like this judge now this judge is the villain in this parable 
And he's the kind of judicator that needed to be cajoled into doing the right thing. And we know that God is already predisposed to do the right thing for us. So this is not about how God is. The next sentence, the next thing in Matthew 6 that Jesus reports is this. God already knows what you want before you ask for it. God already knows what you want. And he's predisposed to give you the very best of things in life. Now, there are some positive things that this tells us, I think, in this parable about prayer. And we need to pay most attention to that, I think. After Jesus tells this parable, uh, he says to the disciples, listen to it. That is, go back and listen to this parable. And so I went back and read the parable again, and one of the things that popped out to me were the little phrase, for some time he refused. So, the first thing we need to remember in most of our praying is that God is going to delay an answer. He's going to answer on His schedule, not ours. So, when you pray, especially for something you think you really want, remember to expect this sense of of delay in the answer. Now, if we have this expectation for delay, there's two benefits. One, we won't be so critical of God for not answering right away, and we might not be so critical of ourselves about the quality of our prayer life. Remember, that delay is part of the answer. Jesus was in a distant city. He got a 911 message. Of course, they came by foot then, you know. Somebody delivered a 911 message. Come, your friend is dying. Come and heal your friend. Jesus didn't move. The disciples said, Jesus, what? What's wrong here? Don't you know you've been called at an emergency? And Jesus said, part of my answer is going to be in the delay. So Jesus waited uh, four days to get to where he needed to be. Two days he stayed in town, the distant city, and it took him two days to walk from, to where the call originated from for him to come and help. And when he got there, he found Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Lazarus was dead already. Mary and Martha, didn't they have the same attitude the disciples had? Jesus, where have you been? Jesus, if you had been here, Jesus, if you had done like I asked you to do, Lazarus would still be alive. That's what they said. Not exactly those words, maybe, but that's the gist of what they said. Jesus said, the delay 
part of my answer. Had Jesus not delayed, they wouldn't have seen the miracle of resurrection when Jesus called out to Lazarus and brought him out of that grave. But never happened. It's not always easy to pray and leave the timing and the answer to God. But that's what we need to learn to do. You remember when Jesus was going to the cross and he was in Gethsemane and knew the cross was in front of him? And he asked God, can't there be another way? Jesus himself wanted an answer now, a better answer than what he knew was coming. But he didn't get the answer. But he said, I'm willing to take your answer, God. I'm willing to trust you. And he got the answer that he wanted. The parable also helps us to understand why we need to wait and not lose heart. Delay is a part of the answer of God because in the order of creation, more complex things take longer to develop. We can plant a seed and have a tomato in how many days? 60 days can you have a tomato? Somebody? 30 days, how many days do you need for a tomato? There's not a farmer in this building that plants tomatoes? Nobody knows. It's about 60 days, just trust me, that's about right. That's, that's close enough. To raise a vegetable to a mature plant, to take advantage of that vegetable, about 60 days, maybe 90 at the most. About 60 days. If you're a parent and you try to raise up a child to maturity, it takes 20 or 30 years. Now, those of you who are 21 and think I'm crazy, those of you who are 35 know I'm not. <laughs> it, it takes longer than what you think to become a mature adult. You know, sometimes uh, geniuses will uh, seem to have this spurt of creativity or this spurt of energy that does some great thing like uh, create a bobby pin or a sticky paper, sticky note paper, something like that. And uh, we think that that just, bam, that just happened. Or we read about the guy who, uh, uh, what's his name, Wilson something, who wrote Music Man. He wrote it in 17 hours, the whole thing in 17 hours what we often forget is that spurt of energy doesn't come out of nothing that spurt of energy comes out of long years sometimes decades of study and practice learning training many failures we need to understand that we need to wait so that we will not lose heart so in all those moments when God appears not to be working to answer our prayers, remember that God is at work bringing us the best 
answer. Delay is also part of God's answer because we can't have all we want when we want it. The people of Israel were in Egypt and they were on their way under the promise of God to the promised land. Now it only takes about 10 days to walk from Egypt to Palestine. It took 40 years for them to be ready to go into the promised land. Most of those 40 years were spent at the southern border of the promised land out in the desert where God was preparing them for what they needed to know and do and understand to go in the promised land. God was preparing them, and God was waiting for them to be prepared. You've been asked to fill out a survey for the pastor search committee. By next week, you think they ought to have that survey in hand and ought to have it tabulated. And as soon as they get it tabulated, they better be on the move. I don't suppose it's going to take 40 years. But you don't want your pastor search committee to jump the gun and start moving forward to find somebody to be your next pastor until some things happen, until there's some preparation made, both by them and by you all, all of you. And just turning in a survey is not going to be enough work on your part. There's going to have to be some work on your part. Part of that work is going to have to become, how do we become a harmonious body, a more harmonious body? How do we get into position to begin to know what we think we ought to be as a body of Christ to move into the future. When we know that, then we know what kind of person we're going to get to help lead us. Now, some of you want to make that real simple. Some of you want to say, well, all they need to do is go find a man of God and he'll be here and he'll do what's right. And that is a half-truth that is absolutely correct and absolutely necessary. But there are many men of God in this world. But they don't all have the same skill set. They don't all have the same giftedness. And there's a skill set and a giftedness that's right for this congregation. Not Greenlee, not First Baptist, not West Marion but for Pleasant Gardens. And you need to wait patiently until you are able to find what skill sets do we really need this man of God to have who can lead us into the future together. Be patient. God's answer for that may be delayed a while, But in the meantime, God will be preparing you just like he prepared the people of God in the desert. And he'll be waiting for you to be prepared just like he waited for them to be prepared in the desert land.
Now, delay is also a part of God's answer, God's answer, because God knows better than we do what is best for us. If we can just learn to wait, we'll get what we really need instead of what we often just ask for. Grandson was having a birthday. Grandpa lived a ways away but was coming for this special event. Grandson was certainly excited. And when he got there the first afternoon and left for a couple hours, he was a little upset. But Grandpa came back early evening, had supper, and they played table games, and things went well. The next morning, pretty early, Grandpa said, Let's go to the hardware store downtown. I want you to have whatever you want the most for your birthday. And you know the old-time hardwares had everything in them. And he could get anything he wanted in that hardware store. And certainly he could find what he wanted the best in his life. So he and Grandpa go early and go in the hardware store. And you know most hardware stores, first thing in the door is the knife counter, glass case. So you can see the shiny knives. Grandson looks at that case. It's, oh, Grandpa. Do you see that knife? I have seen it a dozen times. That is the knife I want. It is the knife that I can use all of my life. It's a long-lasting, keep it sharpness. It is sturdy. It's good. I want that knife. And Grandpa says, okay, but let's just walk on down a little while further, a little further down the aisle and see if there might be something else down there. So they walked down the aisle a little further, and sure enough, just about eye level, about halfway down the aisle, are the baseball gloves. And there's a first baseman's mitt that is just the right size for his little hand. Spring comes baseball season, and that was close to his birthday. Oh, Grandpa, if I could have that first baseman's mitt, I know I'd make the team. I know I could be a better first baseman. You were right. I needed to wait. I'll take the baseball mitt. And Grandpa says, well, you could have the baseball mitt if you want it, but let's just, for the sake of it, walk back a little further toward the back of the store and see if there might be even something less. And they took about ten steps, and on the counter in the back, you know, they're up about 40 inches or whatever that is. And on top of that counter set a brand slap new bicycle, shining like you've never seen. And the little boy's mouth just dropped open. He said, oh, Grandpa, how did you know? That is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I really do want that bicycle. Now, you and I can allow God to service at the knife counters, service at the knife counters of life. Or you can trust Him long enough and love Him deeply enough to wait until He brings you just exactly what you needed 
and wanted. But you have to understand that God's answer often comes with a delay. And the delay's for a reason. So he can bring you the very best, not just what you wanted, but what he wanted for you. Lord, help us to wait with enduring faith. Amen. If you've been struggling with uh, why it is God's not answering your prayers, I hope you'll understand that He's at work bringing an answer to your prayer. If you've never thought much about trusting God with requests from your life because you really don't know Him, and you say, well, I'd, I'd like to know more about this God that we know in Jesus Christ, what's He like, and how do I discover who He is in my life, I invite you to come down this morning while we sing a hymn of invitation. Perhaps uh, you're here and you uh, have been attending for some time and you're looking for a church home where you can find your place in God's family and you can find a way to serve God out of a body of Christ. We invite you to come and be a part of this congregation. Come as we sing our hymn of invitation. You can stand up.
again. Um, you are my strength when I'm weak. Let's sing that out again. You, you are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You, you are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel. Lord, to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my all in all. Let's sing that chorus a cappella. Let's sing it out. Lift your voices. Jesus, Lamb of God. Let's sing it together. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. That's good. You may be seated. On Wednesday night, the test was, when Paul was on his missionary journeys, he always went to the synagogue to preach. Now, he was the missionary to the Gentiles, we think. That's what, that's what we always think. But he always went to the Jewish synagogue to preach. Now, there was a city where he went where he got in a lot of trouble with the Jews because a lot of people being converted to Christianity, and he rented a house right next door to the Jewish synagogue for the first church. What city was that in, Doug? You can't tell him. You can't tell him, Doug. You can't tell him. What city was it in? Where am I going to have to go to find somebody besides Doug? Who knows? All right, Doug, tell them. It was in Antioch where the first Christian church occurred. Paul rented a house right next door to the synagogue. I don't know how that aggravated the Jews, but it probably did. You know, they stoned him a good bit and threw him out of town a lot and because uh, he created a lot of trouble. Now, Wednesday night, we're going to take a look at... Uh, the Gospel of John, not the whole thing. That might take more than 30, 45 minutes. But the Gospel of John is so different than the other three Gospels. We're going to look at how it's different than the other three Gospels. And that will kind of set a base for us. And we're going to do some studies in John after that. Uh, that will help us uh, move along the way. So uh, Wednesday night, be here for the study of the Gospel of John. Helen Foster, Heather Foster, come up here. Now, Heather's been a believer for about 11 years, and she's been here since the fall, spring last year, yeah. testing us out. And uh, she says this is a pretty good place, and uh, she'd like to put her uh, energy and time and ministry into this place and through this place to serve God. Would you uh, like to have her as a part of this body of Christ? Boy, that was pretty weak, wasn't it? 
I heard the so moved. That was not weak. What was weak was you go all out there saying, Bleh. Now, is that the way you would greet somebody in your home? No. So let's greet somebody into our home with enthusiasm. Would you, on second thought, encompass, envelop, help develop, help grow, work alongside Heather Foster? Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you. Stay here, and they'll want to come and greet you at the end of the service. If I just leave this right here, that be somebody will look after that properly. Okay, all right. I have to tell you, I did not make proper preparation. Last week, I gave you an assignment, and I've heard a couple of responses from that assignment that were positive. Uh, people uh, made a contact with somebody else, and there was a good thing that happened. Uh, and uh, so I was trying to think of another assignment for you this morning, but I didn't think about it soon enough, obviously. And, and so I'm standing here trying to wait to see if something comes to my mind. But it hasn't. So I'm going to give you the same assignment I gave you last week. You know, there's some people who are um, in your sphere of knowledge and influence that are weary, downtrodden, or have had a particularly uh, difficult event in their life uh, of recent days um, and might need a pick-me-up, might need somebody to say, hey, I just want you to know I love you, I care about you, I've been praying for you, and uh, the PG community uh, stands ready to help you in any way we can, spiritually, physically, emotionally, however we can help you. Or maybe there's somebody on, been on your mind that's uh, not not too sure Jesus is the way. Uh, they've heard about Jesus maybe because they lived in this community, but they, they, they don't think Jesus is the way. And uh, you don't need to go and beat over the head about that. I, I'm not asking you to do that. But I'm asking you to say, uh, go along beside them somewhere and uh, be a friend that can show them why Jesus is the way and why it does make a difference in a person's life. Quietly, uh, without a lot of pomp and circumstance, just a quiet friendship. From the very beginning of the church, the web of relationships is what grew the church. You need to develop a web of relationships uh, or you're already in a web of relationship uh, that would give you an opportunity to speak to such a person as that or to develop a relationship with such a person as that. So that's your task this week. And the time is 11.55, so don't be anxious. Let's pray.
Dear God, for your people in this place, I give you thanks. I ask you to bless them, to encourage them, to challenge them. In Jesus' name, amen.